Good to worship the Lord, right? Really is. We love to worship. I also want to just uh, make you all aware of Encounter Night, which is next week. Please leave my water if you can. Thank you. My wife has a water bottle that I think could be taken to some countries that are short on water. But um, <laughs> she really does. But uh, Encounter Night is on Saturday this coming week, September uh, 12th. And please, it's on the website. Please join us. We love to worship the Lord. We worship. And if you're visiting and you think we worshiped a long time now, you should come on Saturday. And uh, then we really, really worship for a couple hours. And there's sometimes some prophetic ministry and some other things. So it's wonderful. We have many testimonies that come out of those times. And so it's just good to worship the Lord. That's this coming Saturday. And uh, hi to all online. It's good to see you all. You know, it's, it's wonderful to see what God's doing in our midst. Really, uh, really it is. There's we're struggling to keep up, not that we need to, but just to keep up with all the testimonies. They, I get flooded with, with testimonies, but please keep sending them. Um, you know, even if nobody gets back to you, please keep sending them. It's, it's, it's actually important. In the Old Testament, they appointed people to record, to record things, to record what God had done. And so we want to be faithful to just record the testimonies and... Uh, so please do send them, big and small. There's nothing small. There's nothing too big to God, nothing too small, right? All right, wonderful. So I just actually I have written down here too um, that there were some testimonies last week. We took some time for that. There were many more, um, but I heard of another gentleman, and I haven't asked these people, so I won't give names, but I heard of another gentleman who had a knee issue for many, many years and was prayed for. And his pain went from, he needed, um, I think, surgery from what I understand. Yes, he did. He needed surgery. And, but his pain went from a 10 to a 3. That's the way he described it. And then, so they said, well, go the next week. And then his pain went to, to a 0. And he's been working, doing physical work ever since then. It's wonderful. And, um, <clears throat> you know, whenever I see someone that struggles with addiction, uh, that's just very close to my heart. And uh, we've had some testimonies of that lately. You know, I saw a gentleman last week who was baptized that had that past, and you just see weight come off of him. And uh, just because of my own history, when I see addiction, I just get mad with the enemy. Um, I got to, we got to minister over some people last week, and we prayed for this gentleman, another gentleman, and uh, just saw stuff just come out of him. He described it. He said, I feel like stuff came out of me, went out of the top of my head, and I feel empty in a good way. And, um, and ever since then, just a whole different world. And he got a prophetic word in the ministry time. They said to him, um, you're going to get offered a job this week, and you're not going to want to take it. Take it. And he got offered three that week. And one of them was more career-based, and it comes with the cool things. So isn't God good? Yeah? Amazing. Wonderful. All right, this morning, oh, I'm so sorry, my babe, can you pass me some papers, please, all those papers down there. This morning, I want to speak prophetically a little bit to you. I don't want to do, I will teach a little bit, but I don't want to do a, a long teaching. I was actually, again, I prepared something else, and um, just yesterday, I just, God just began to change my heart to talk about this, and so I don't often you know, teach a one-off thing or preach a one-off thing. I enjoy to do series because people can really grow in revelation in that. But this is just for this week. And um, so firstly, just to speak prophetically, I was praying with my wife uh, this week. We were praying in the morning. 
And the Lord said to me so clearly, so clearly, the Lord said, son, you're in a season of sowing. You're in a season of sowing. And it didn't make sense to me. I knew it was the Lord. It didn't make sense because, you know, in some sense, it feels like we're in a summer season. God's not in the natural, in the spirit. God's doing wonderful things, people getting healed and saved, delivered, and it's just wonderful. But, you know, when Moses saw the burning bush, it says he saw it, but then he turned aside to it. And when he, it actually says, when he turned aside to it, God spoke to him. And so sometimes the Lord will put a little thing in a person's heart. We're like, oh, that's wonderful. And I've just learned, turn aside to it. It felt like a little thing. And as I've turned aside to it this week, it's just grown and grown in my heart. And uh, that we're in a season of sowing. And so actually a little while ago, just to give you a little story, um, I saw a, uh, another church in Percival um, had a little ad. They needed some translation equipment. And I saw this ad, and instantly I got excited. They were asking for help or anyone know anything. Because I felt like as I saw that ad, the Lord said to me, this is an opportunity to sow. And, you know, there's always opportunities to sow. But as I saw that, what sprung in my heart was the very, what had happened was they were meeting in a tent outside because of COVID and so forth. And so they had uh, all these people come that spoke a different language and they couldn't understand them. So they were looking for translation equipment. And so I got excited at the opportunity to sow into something that is the exact opposite of what the enemy is trying to lift, which is racism. And I thought, awesome. I get to sow into something. Plus, you know, you get to sow into God's, in a sense, God's kingdom in the region. You know, people say, Lord, give us this city or give us this region. But have you sowed into the region, you know, so that God can actually entrust you with his heart for the region? And plus, it's just wonderful to bless a church that no strings attached. You know, someone gives you something, but you feel this massive string. You know, you just want to be like, no, you can just, just to give it with no strings attached. So straight away, I called Guy, and just as I love to give, and sometimes that's a problem. So I called Guy, and I said, hey, Guy, this is what I'm feeling. What are we? And he said, absolutely wonderful. So we did. So we phoned them and said, find the best translation equipment you can, that money can buy, and we'll, buy for, we'll pay for it. And which is awesome. Well, and I felt like doing that was putting a seed in the ground. Within maybe two weeks, we started getting multiple people come through the doors that speak different languages. And a lot of them are here today. A lot of Brazilians, a lot of people that speak Portuguese, Spanish. Where are those guys? Can you guys stand wherever you are? Stand, stand, stand. All of you. I know there's a whole bunch at the back. No, stand up, stand up, stand up. Wonderful. All right, wonderful. And you know, that doesn't mean they have to stay. If they need to leave, they're welcome to. But, you know, I don't encourage you to embrace those people, by the way. There's, 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 they may not speak your language, but if you can get over that, there's things we can learn. Very many things we can learn. The understanding of family is just unbelievably beautiful. So, and that's actually why I started last week with the languages. Wasn't that amazing? When people opened, I just started to cry, you know. Um, and so that all came to my mind when the Lord said, as I began to turn aside, you're in a season of sowing. And it, it wasn't a rebuke, but it was like the Lord says, I showed you that already, but, but you didn't get it. So now I'm just going to tell you. 
And I do feel like we're in a season of sowing in a very fertile time. You can, anything you sow will bear great fruit. So I started to believe that, oh, so I started to pray about it. I actually then phoned Greg and Michelle Haswell. Who remembers Greg and Michelle? For those of you, some of you have been with us. They've come many times to minister into the church, a real prophetic couple, apostolic couple. They travel all over. So we have a good relationship with them, and I'm trying to get them to come soon. But I phoned them, and they were on vacation. But they phoned me back yesterday on their way back, and I said, hey, uh, I feel like the Lord says that it's... um, we're in a season of sowing, and it's not just for us. And they started to laugh, and they said, they, she, she's a real prophet. She, she travels all over. She's known as a prophetic voice. And she wrote a whole long word the week before on sowing. The Lord began to speak to her about sowing, and they were speaking about it the day before when I called them. And so we do that often, you know. I'll get a word, she phones me, and she's like, yep. And she gets a word, and I phone her, and she's like, yep. So I want to read you. Can I read you a bit of this? It's too long. I'll just read you a little bit. This is a word she got from the Lord about the United States. She says, still I promise you, this is from the Lord, I hope in a future if you will return to me, I see my people, a remnant people, turning to me, calling out to me with tears, as what is precious to this great nation is being torn apart. So I'm looking for a people where patriotism will be first and foremost to their kingdom citizenship because this nation is dear to my heart. And then she obviously speaks about a lot of things that, are, that God's going to do. And she said the demonic strongholds, it's almost like she was in our church last month when we taught a month on this, that have tried to hide in plain view are being exposed now. It is key to remember that we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers that set themselves against us. And then she said, at the end, the Lord says, for too long, even those those entrusted with my bride, that will be leaders, pastors and church elders and so forth, have taken from her and bruised her. But I'm setting my people in places of purity This is a time of hearing and giving freely what we have been given. Those who have taken what is not theirs to take will find themselves in lack. But those who have sown good seed and those who have sown in tears will now reap an abundant harvest. My favor will be on those who have been hidden. So turn your ear to my voice. It says a lot in there, but I... I, so I just spoke to, we just spoke for a while, and I actually said to them, the reason I said, phoned them was, I said, it's not just a good time to sow, sow strategically. Whatever you sow will just bear fruit. And so we spoke about that, but I said to her, I specifically feel like there's something about tears, and um, that's just something that I've studied a lot, and I'm going to speak about that today. And then she said, well, that's what the Lord told me too, and then we spoke about the Word. So, I want to teach a little bit today on trials coming out of that, tears and triumph. Trials, tears, and triumph. So if you could turn to 2 Corinthians 4. I just, I don't always give the context of why I'm speaking on what I'm speaking on or the background. There often is background, but I just felt like it would be helpful for us all. There's just, there's something in this season that we get an opportunity to sow sometimes when we don't realize it. And we actually get an opportunity to sow. There's times when you, we can sow even in a ground that seems dry, 
and uh, that seems barren, or in a land that seems dry or barren spiritually, but actually it's the time to sow. In Genesis 26, Isaac sowed seed in a land where there was famine. He wanted to go to Egypt where there was fruit and life and water. He wanted to go to Egypt. The Lord said, no, stay here, sow here. And it says he sowed, and in that same year reaped a hundredfold. Some mathematicians say that's 10,000%. I don't know if that's true. I haven't done the math. I don't think I can do the math, but that's a lot. And so he sowed in something that was dry, in something that was famine, and he reaped a hundredfold. And there's something of that on our season here, and even last week when we met with the leaders, I spoke to them about blessing in the corporate and challenge in private, because we're seeing so many people here, come here, and I've heard people say, when you come through these doors, something's going to happen, which is wonderful. There's expectancy, there's faith, it's awesome, but then sometimes the week feels different, right? It's like God, and it's amazing, and there's tears, and people get set free, but then you go back into your week and you're like, oh yeah, this. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. yeah. And so I just spoke to the leaders about that. Blessing in the corporate. It's like God is just, He's just blessing. And that's besides us. It just keeps building. And yet there's challenge in private. So trials, tears, and triumph. And of course, I'm not talking about trials or tears that come from a corrupted lifestyle. That's different. That's different. So, let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13 to 18. I just, I'm actually not going to preach long today. You may have heard me say that before. (laughs) And had to forgive me. Let's see if we can make you not forgive me. So, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13 to 18. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus, that's eternity, and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart in light of eternity. Therefore, we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing, Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. How many know that our perspective it'll come up behind you, of trials are altered in ways before unimagined in the light of eternity. When you think of eternity or when God breathes into your heart something to do with eternity, your perspective of what life is, of what you're going through, even of good times and of bad times, all of that completely changes because of eternity. And it's actually not a mental exercise. It's something that the Spirit of God awakens inside of you, this understanding of eternity. You know, in the book of, I think it's in Philippians, now I've got blank, or Colossians, it talks about the presentation of the gospel, and it says, and you heard of heaven. Unfortunately, in many Western type, in the Western world, we've made the gospel about us. In their presentation of the gospel, it had to do with eternity and heaven 
and the next age. It's a very different, very different perspective. And it empowered them in a, in a way that we could not, you know, sometimes we've lost touch on that. But eternity completely shifts a person's perspective, completely, completely. So Paul says, for our light affliction, <laughs> which is but for a moment. You know, the man who said that, you know, he had a little bit more than what we would say is light affliction. Uh, I listed some for you. You'll find them in 2 Corinthians 6 and 11. Um, imprisonment, tribulation, sleeplessness, fastings, distresses, obviously for the sake of the gospel. Five times he received the four, uh, stripes 40 minus 1. You know, that's 195 times he was whipped. Some of those probably with the cat and nine tails. So, you know, I'm not trying to be gross, but it is most likely that probably from the back of his head all the way to maybe about his knees, back of his knees, was just a scar. You know, it, it changes Paul a little bit. And he said, those were his brandings. I've been branded. I belong to Christ. He's considered those his brandings as a bondservant. You know, it was just all the way down. Three times it says he was beaten with rods. He was stoned and left for dead. So I think, you know, I think we're doing well. I think we're okay. I think, uh, you know, we have some, some problems, but it's, we're doing well. So, you know, but it's interesting. I look at this passage, and a little while ago, the Lord began to show me something in this passage that struck me. Uh, and it was so encouraging. And it's, it says here, and I won't get into all the Hebrew and, I mean, all the Greek, and I studied it all out, but it says, I light a momentary affliction, but then it says, is working for us. Can we repeat that? Is working for us. One more time. Is working for us. Huh. It says it's working for us, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory that has to do with eternity. And I looked up all the words, which I won't get into, but it's likened unto an employee that works for you, and you get paid. You know, in, in baseball, when, you've, when the batsman is injured, the batter is injured, they have a person run for them. They, do, they just hit and they do the work. He's working for it. I heard a preacher say it like this. A factory that switches on, is actually written, a factory that switches on an eternity working for you in various manners and varieties of treasures of which treasures will be yours forever. What, it mean, what he's saying is, and what it means is, when we go through trials, when we go through afflictions, sufferings, he says, it's as in heaven, you have a little factory up there, and it switches on, and it starts to work for you. It starts to earn for you. And everything that happens, that you get to keep forever. Your affliction works for you. It earns for you. Not earning God's love and salvation, of course not that. But it builds rewards. It builds things for you in eternity. That's what it says. I'll read it. It's working for us. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. But then it says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but which are unseen. So that's why we keep our eyes on Jesus. I keep my convictions in Christ. I keep my eyes in Him. You know, when I, I believe that partly this is James talks about, you know, count it all joy, my brothers, when you go through trials or temptations of various types. Why? Because they knew something they had learned from Jesus. 
when you go through something here that is maybe you don't understand or maybe it's a tough season or an affliction, well, it's, it's your factory is just turned on. And you can see how when they got whipped in Acts chapter 5, they, they counted it all joy that they were counted worthy to suffer. My goodness, be shining so bright for Christ that someone's caused me to suffer and turn my factory up on in heaven. Thank you so much, brother. I mean, that was the mindset. A <laughs> little bit different from today. I'm not saying, of course God wants to set people free. You've just heard, of course God wants to heal the sick of all of those things. But when there's trials, you know, it's working for you. It's extremely encouraging. So if, you, you know, sometimes now I wake up and I'll, but yep, my factory's on today. It's working. It's earning. Big pots of gold, I think, by what's going on. But it's working. It really, really is working, you know. But keep your eyes on Him. It shows you how much complaining robs from you and self-pity and, you know, victimization, victimhood. It's, it snatches eternal treasure right out of your hand, <laughs> you know. Well, you better, and I deserve, and well, that's great, but there's an opportunity for this to work for you, and you're not allowing your factory to be turned on. Does it make sense? It's extremely encouraging to me. I, I really find it encouraging. You know, well, it's time to turn the factory on sometimes. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. You can't, you can't really beat someone like this. You know, it's an interesting, you see Paul, he just, he couldn't lose. It's fascinating. He, when you're doing well, he said, glory be to God. Oh, wonderful. Everything's just God's move. It's glory be to God. Then people come at him and anger and violence, and he just says, oh, I can still love you because I'm free from what you think of me, and I can love you, and let me teach you about Jesus. And, and, and then they actually, it says they started to worship him as a God. It says they could scarcely keep themselves from worshiping him in Barnabas. But then in Acts 14, then people came down from uh, Iconium, and they, and they changed the crowd's mind like this. How many of you know the crowd is twisted, quick, it's fickle? And then they stoned him. People that, you're God. Okay, no, you're not. Let's kill you. And they stoned him. And it says they left him for dead. But it, I think he personally got raised from the dead in Acts 14. But it says the believers gathered around his body. And he, was, and he raised up. I think he, we don't know. And, and he goes back into town. It's like one more point. You know? It's, it's, it's quite something. He just goes back in. He's like, well, you didn't understand it, so let me tell you again. You, you can't beat someone like that. And when he goes in trials, he says, oh, this is wonderful. It's working for me. It's such a different perspective than today. Everyone must call me what I want, treat me like I want, then I can do well. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. We're in a time of sowing. Even in trials, you are sowing into eternity. You just may not know it, but you're sowing into eternity. You know, you can thank God. You can say, God, only you can take the, the, the issues of this fallen world and find a way to bless me forever. That's how good he is. Hmm. That's how good he is. What about tears? This has been very close to my heart. 
tears. I was prophesied over when I was younger, and I can tell you it was not at all who I was at the time. The prophet called me out and they said, people will say of you when they see you coming, here comes the prophet, the weeping prophet. And I looked at him and I was like, yeah, you missed that, buddy. And now I, I'm like a crybaby, and I'm always crying up here, crying in worship, and, it, and I've lit, it's literally been said of me. So it's, there's something about tears. I started to say, Lord, what is it about tears? Now, you can go look it up medically. It does amazing things medically. You know, it really, really does. But if you look at Scripture, you'll see tears of sorrow. Tears of, and t- tears of sorrow, tears of reconciliation with Jacob and Esau. He thought Esau was going to kill him, and he approached him. And it says he fell on his neck and kissed him. And there's, you know, there's a reconciliation type of tears that is just so precious when people come together. And it's like you're so sorry, and they're so sorry. You, don't even, you can't speak. You can't say it. You just, and you both know exactly what's going on. Yeah? It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. There's tears of desperation. Mordecai screamed out aloud with tears. Tears of travail. Tears of repentance. You know, repentance is a gift. Oh, I'm going to get distracted with that. It's an amazing gift. It's not beating yourself. It's a gift from God. When He convicts your heart and you begin to weep, not because you think you're bad, because He's changing you from the inside out and He's changing your desires and you, have not, you don't want that anymore and you just, the tears come. It's a weeping. And then tears for the state of God's people. for the state of the church. Yeah. Just for the state of the church worldwide. Sorry. It's just very close to my heart. And tears of compassion. You know, Jesus wept. (laughs) It's interesting that he raised, when he raised from someone from the dead, it's the only time I recorded that he wept. (laughs) Yeah. There's something about tears that opens places in heaven that are otherwise shut. Tears have a powerful uh, ability to surpass intellect. They really do. And make some people extremely uncomfortable. You know, for some reason, with us, my dad's the same. People come in, you know, they want to do, and they just start to cry. They just sit down, they just start to cry. And it's wonderful. But, you know, I've seen tears make some people uncomfortable, even spouses, you know. She starts to cry, he starts to cry, and they're just like, okay, you know, okay. It's like they just don't know how to deal with it. But it's, it's actually, my dad has always said, tears can reset the soul. Mm. It's like push a reset button inside the heart. And uh, there's something about crying. It just sets our heart. So, Psalm 126 this is a wonderful psalm. I've read it many years, very close to my heart. So let's go read it. It says, yeah, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, let me give you the explanation quickly, because the first time I read it, I was like, what is going on? They had been captive in Babylon, and they were brought back into their land, brought back. And for years, there had been tribulation, trial, issues, tough times, deaths. And finally, they, in a sense, were set free from the world, set free from being trapped, from being enslaved, 
It's actually a picture of salvation. But in the, it's also a picture of when people, you know, can be in the, re, in the real world too. And so they were set free, and this is what it says. When the Lord brought back the captivity, that's those who were captive, of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. They said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them, and the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. It's wonderful. Bring back our captivity. That doesn't mean, Lord, we want to go back there, okay? Some translations don't say it well. It's the inclusive heart for those that are still trapped and bound, saying, Lord, bring it back. Bring the rest. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So, a very quick study. There's three parts to the song, and I call it a song because it was a song. We read it. It's a song. They sang it. It became a song of a sense that they would actually sing on pilgrimages on the road to Jerusalem. They would sing the song. It's 15 psalms, and I want to talk about that, the song of a sense. It's 15 of them. And sometimes in, in traditional literature, the priests would climb up the steps to the temple and sing the songs of ascent. Sing them. And this one was actually extremely encouraging. It wasn't just about our oh, tears. It was actually like God set us free. So there's three sections, and I'm going to quickly take you through them. The first is verse 1 to 3. It's that moment of victory, that moment of breakthrough. You know, when you've prayed for something for a long time, and now there's a suddenly of God, and something happens, and it's surreal. And sometimes it's practical. It's just practical. My wife and I had this a little bit last year. We were struggling with a little bit of this one section of debt that we had. I didn't even ask you if I could share this, so being vulnerable on her behalf. But there's this one little section of debt we had. We would pay it, and every time we just couldn't. So we began to pray and pray, and all of a sudden a check arrives in the mail to pay that whole thing off in one go. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. So, but it's more than that. It's, this was an entire generation of people, women, children, men. It's that child that comes back to the Lord, that comes home. It's there's this, and it feels surreal. It's like, it, did, did this actually happen? You know that feeling where you're like, yes, Lord, I, I believe it happened, but then you're like, is this happening? It's awesome. It's wonderful times. And there were many tears, obviously, in ca- captivity, and now they're free. Then the second is verse 4, bring back our, ca- our captivity of streams in the south. That's now a prayer for others. A prayer for others. The streams in the south were empty riverbeds, empty riverbeds, and then in the right season, the torrents of rain would come and fill the riverbed, and what was suddenly dry and barren is suddenly a river. So anything that was in that soil grew. So it's a prayer for others. Blessed to be a blessing. And some of you are here. You're free, and God's in you, and is moving with you, and you've set free, and He's changed you, and He's blessed you. And I would say, now turn back and help another. Turn back and say, God, do it for them, and pray for them. And then the lastly is spiritual understanding, which is simply that tears can be like seeds. You know, 
This is actually how this was written, if you research it. This happened. And then they were like, oh, all those tears in, in captivity, all those tears of crying out to the Lord, not complaining, crying out to the Lord, trusting the Lord. It's funny, everything my dad brought this morning, everything, even in the worship, all the prophetic stuff that Jen said, it's all along the same lines, and we haven't spoken. So it's the Lord is saying something, you know? And they were said, oh, all those tears. Oh, those were like seeds. Suddenly revelation came to them. So they penned the words, oh, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. That's how this was written. They looked back and said, that brought that. And they had revelation, and they wrote it down. So, let's go to verse 6. He who continually goes forth weeping, and that's obviously going to the Lord. It's not, I think we can understand that. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves. That's a harvest bringing his sheaves with him. You know, the King James, and it actually says it like this in the Hebrew, Who the, he that goeth forth and weepeth. Don't you love that? This is old school, man. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. That word precious is there in the Hebrew. It's not in pretty much any other translation. That word precious is only one other time in the, in the Old Testament, and it's in the book of Job and it's translated as the word price, the cost for something. There's a price for something. It's what you pay. It costs. It costs you. You feel the price. You feel the cost. <laughs> but it's precious. It's very, very precious, and there can be a season of weeping. There are things in the Spirit I don't think we understand. You know, in, in Revelation, it talks about bowls that are filled with prayers. In the Old Testament, it talks about, oh, the iniquity of this nation is not yet full. Tears are such a thing. There's a season sometimes of weeping. It's not always from tragedy. Sometimes it's tears of intercession and prayers. I've learned just being in ministry for a while, sometimes on the Saturday or the Friday as I'm praying for the service, I will break down and weep, and I don't know why. But then that Sunday, God breaks out and moves. We don't always understand. We don't have to understand. But sometimes there's a season of weeping, and every time we can do that, I encourage you, turn to God with it. Take Go to God with it. Turn your hearts to Him. Keep your eyes on the things unseen. Turn, because then they become extremely precious seeds that bear incredible harvest. Incredible harvest. It's like, don't waste them. Don't waste them. I would encourage you, take this chapter into you. I, I, I did that years ago. I would read it and read it. And read it when I would pray for addicts and I would pray for those bound in drugs and just say, God, help them. And then, you know, when you minister to them, you see them get free. But it's all those, it's those tears, you know? So, <laughs> because why? The Scripture will be proved true. It will be proved true. It's God's Word. So if you're in a season of trials... I'm saying to you, you are sowing. 
eternal seed. You just don't know it. Your factory's on. Click. It's wonderful. You know, it's wonderful. I think some mothers have a massive factory. You know? God bless those children. If you're in a season of tears, God's Word will be proved true. Which is what? We were like those who dream. And our mouth was filled with laughter. It was like a dream. It was surreal. We had this dream, this long life dream, and then it came to pass. And there was joy in the city. There's joy in the house. There's joy in the marriage. And our mouths were filled with laughter. That will come to pass. And then you will begin to build a reputation. It says our tongue was filled with singing. That's I'm speaking of it. I'm declaring it. I'm telling people about it to such a degree that the nations heard. It says they said among the nations, my God has done great things for them. And they said, yes, you're right. God has done great things for us. Great things for us. And we are seeing here God do some wonderful things in our midst. We really are. But yet I know many are in a season, there's so much confusion in what's happening in the world. And it's like blessing in corporate, but challenge in private. I encourage you, if you are in a season of trials, understand 2 Corinthians 4. Wake up and say, well, factory's on. Thank you, Jesus. And turn to Him. If you're in a season of tears, man, you are sowing seed. You are sowing amazing seed. I saw a mother here come down the front a little while ago and break down crying for issues in the, in the children, issues in the home. Break down crying. And it, you know, it, it moves you. But then you see, my goodness, this is bringing breakthrough. This right here, this is bringing breakthrough. Yeah? You know, only God can take that and say, oh, let's turn it to, let's make it amazing. He is that good. He's that good. Someone says he can, he can win with a pair of twos. You know, he really can. Gets a pair of twos, he's like, well, there's three more coming on the deck, so we're good. You know, and i read you one more scripture, if I can. This scripture pierced my heart years ago. Two, two Timothy, it won't come up behind you, so it's just now the Lord's putting it in my heart. Two Timothy 1 verse 3 says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. This is Paul's last letter wrote it to his spiritual son um, before he died. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. <laughs> Similar pattern. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. You know, years ago, I wrote in my Bible here, Sometimes genuine faith will require tears. He says there's, you have genuine faith, but you are being mindful of your tears that you've had. It doesn't always mean it's like that. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, there's that faith out there that is just, I say what you want and get it, and that's faith. And There's some truth in that, and I understand. But there are, t- there are seasons because of our conviction of what's unseen. It says, while I do not look at the things unseen, I do not look at the seen, which is temporary. I have conviction in my heart. That's faith. Doesn't even mean I understand it. Of things I don't see. And so I will stand over here, Lord. I will stand with you, God. And sometimes that causes tears. 
oh, but that's genuine faith. You're building gold inside. The Bible says it's refined by fire. Gold. And you're putting things on the ground. And your factory's turned on. Yeah. And that is the goodness of God. So, we are in a season of sowing. If you are just in this amazing, my mouth is filled with laughter. We like those who dream. It's amazing. I'll encourage you. Look strategically for where to sow financially. And I'm not about to cast out, this is what we need. No, whoever, wherever. I really believe we are in a season. What you sow is important. Sow strategically. Sow strategically, literally. If, you, if there's family, if there's just turmoil, find a family that you honor and love and there's holes and literally sow into the family. It doesn't always have to be some church, some organization. Because the Bible says you get honor. Um, what's the inheritance comes through honor. So honor what you see, saying, God, I want to honor that. So I'm going to, this family, man, that's just, so I'm going to actually not just, oh, I wish my family was, a, no, sow into the family, bless them. And say, God, I'm honoring this because I'm putting seed in the ground. If you find a business, if you find a person, if you find whatever, sow, sow. If it's, a, if it, if it's God moves your heart for the poor, I encourage you, sow into the season. So find a place to sow, and sow. I really want to encourage you. I believe with all my heart that's just the word of the Lord for this season. Now, if, quickly, we have negative one minute. If, if you're in a season where you're saying, God, I'm in the trials, I'm in the tears, could you please stand in the private? It doesn't have to be big. It could just be something in your heart. Could you please stand? It's just season of trial, season of tears. Could you stand, please? Wonderful. Not the wonderful what you're going through. Just wonderful. You at home as well. I encourage you to stand. All right. Can we lift our hands to these wonderful people? Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that tears will, will come to joy. I thank you for the seeds that they carry that is precious, Lord. They bear precious seed for sowing. And in the name of Jesus, we thank you for these wonderful people, and we thank you for the seeds they've put in the ground. But we say, Lord, let it come to an end, and let the harvest start to be birthed. Let the harvest start. Let the sheaves begin to grow. And in Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you that you can turn for good anything for those who love you. So, Lord, we say, may these trials and may these tears come to fullness. In the name of Jesus, Lord, bring breakthrough. Bring breakthrough. Friends, can you just lift your voice? Don't be shy. Just lift your voice. Pray for them for a moment. Lord, bring breakthrough. Bring breakthrough, Lord. Bring breakthrough for them, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let all the seeds start to come out of the ground. All the seeds that were sown in trial and in tears. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. Amen.